This conversation from the Augusta Golf Show is brought to you by Gerald Jones Audi, online at AugustaAudi.com. Well, Ron Syrak is a Golf Channel contributor, also uh, writes for LPGA.com and his website, RonSyrak.com. It is a pleasure to welcome Ron Syrak back to the Augusta Golf Show. Hi, Ron. John, hey, thanks for having me back. Um, I want to talk about Mickey Wright. Did, did you did you know her? Did you meet her at all? What were your what were you, how did you interact with her? Uh, we had a, a mostly an email relationship. She was uh, sort of famously very reclusive, uh, uh, particularly in the. Uh, uh, last couple of decades, last few decades of her life, but uh, um, I, I was working on a story a while back. Uh, um, I got an email address for her through Shirley Spork, one of the LPGA founders, and, and I wrote to Mickey, and, and to my my great surprise, uh, she wrote back and <laughs> said that she actually knew who I was, which was one of my great thrills, and then uh, I worked on her with uh, worked with her on several stories, and she was always very, very helpful when I would reach out to her. So... Most of the people listening to this program probably never saw her play. I mean, she really stopped competing 50-some years ago before my time of, of paying attention to golf. If you can, in some shape, form, or fashion, Rod, explain her impact on the game of golf. Well, the one thing that you have to know about uh, uh, about her golf swing is that both Ben Hogan and Byron Nelson said it was the best golf swing they ever saw. So <laughs> that tells you a little bit of something there. Uh, she came along, joined the LPGA in 1955, so they're five years into their existence. Uh, Babe Zaharias had just uh, left the scene. Uh, uh, she had succumbed to cancer. Um, and, and the Babe was the marketing tool for the LPGA. And then along came Mickey. And Mickey was one of those people who you would have to compare to to, uh, um, to Tiger Woods in the sense that she was not only uh, um, uh, lived up to the hype, she was better than advertised. Uh, she came along and emerged as, as a star and, um, um, and as a real advocate uh, for the tour. Uh, from 1961 through 1964, a four-year period in there, she won 44 tournaments. Um, she won 13 major championships, the only player uh, in LPGA history to win four U.S. Women's Opens and four uh, LPGA championships. Um, uh, she knew that if she did not show up at a tournament, if she didn't play a tournament, the LPGA would have trouble keeping that sponsor. So for a stretch of time in there, she'd play 30, 32 tournaments a year, knowing that uh, she would be hurting the other players if she didn't show up. But her devotion to the tour was so great that she she played she played more probably than she should have. You know, it's funny that you mentioned that. As I read most of those sorts of things, it, it reminded me of the anxiety that Jones is famous for having. And yet, so she had the anxiety of Bob Jones, yet, at, to your point, a swing like Ben Hogan. Hogan loved it. She loved Hogan. It, it was an interesting, interesting thing to read and see. Uh, you know, I think that she's like Jones in a lot of ways. In that, uh, in that she was, uh, she didn't like the limelight. She, she loved golf. She loved. Um, um, the competition, but she didn't necessarily love the attention. You know, she, she, uh, uh, as I said, um, the last. Uh, 
decades of her life. Uh, she lived as a virtual recluse in, in Florida. Um, she got the Bob Jones Award, the highest honor the USJ has to offer. She did not go to the ceremony. She was inducted into the uh, PGA of America uh, Hall of Fame. She did not go to the ceremony. Um, and that's that's uh, when uh, she did. Uh, they created the, the Mickey Wright Room at Golf House at the USGA headquarters. And uh, she did uh, sort of an oral history for them, but uh, was not somebody who was going to show up. Um, when I... Uh, did an exchange with her when she went to the PGA of America Hall of Fame. Uh, I wrote and narrated the tribute video for her, and um, uh, when I she said very kind things to me about that she loved that video and she thanked me for it. And she said, you know, I regret that I wasn't there to see that. Uh, um, so you know, I, I wonder if if at, as it went on, she she sort of wished that she had been able to more embrace the accolades that came her way, but that wasn't in her nature. We're talking with Ron Syrak here on the Augusta Golf Show. It's funny you mentioned Tiger, because for those who follow Tiger these days, I thought maybe one of the best ways to to explain the impact of, of Mickey Wright was her numbers are similar. I mean, you said it, 13 major championships, 80-plus wins. For those of us that, that revel in Tiger's accomplishments, hers were right there. And she walked away from the game at the age of 34. Um, uh, it, it, it is... You know, as I said, it, it's 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 rare when you get somebody who comes along and they're not only as good as advertised, they're better than advertised. Uh, Tiger was certainly that way. Uh, Mickey was that way. Uh, you know, Mickey, in a lot of ways, was if you took all the significant people in in the history of uh, uh, of men's golf, if you took if you took Bob Jones and Ben Hogan and Jack Nicklaus and Arnold Palmer and Tiger Woods, and you rolled them up into one together, they would be Mickey Wright. Uh, she was uh, Louise Suggs, one of the thirteen founders uh, of the LPGA, gave me one of my favorite lines. I, I said to her, "So, who was the best player that you ever saw?" And she said, "Kathy Whitworth was the greatest winner. Mickey Wright was the greatest golfer." And, uh, you know, that's always the way in which, you know, I, I always sort of looked at, at you could make the argument that, that, that it's between Jones and Hogan and Nicholas and Woods for who the greatest player of all time is. But if you want to talk about who the most important player of all time is, it's Arnold Palmer. And Mickey was able to come along and, and be both of those for the LPGA. Uh, the Bay really got the tour started those first five years. Uh, it was the marketing of the Bay that carried the tour on but then it became it became Mickey Wright and and don't forget throughout the entire 60s Probably golf's greatest rivalry ever was Kathy Whitworth, Mickey Wright. 88 wins for Kathy Whitworth, 82 wins for Mickey Wright. That's pretty remarkable. You know, and in, and in prepping to talk to you, I had not realized, I guess, uh, AP in 99 named her the golfer of the century. Yeah, you know, and 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 you, and you look back, and it's uh, um, I, I I can't think of who else it would be. You know, it. it I mean, uh, you know, Mickey. Uh, um, Kathy had more wins, but Kathy had a lot longer of a career than than Mickey Wright did. If 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 Mickey plays another four or five years, I mean, who knows? She 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 gets a hundred wins. And and you mentioned you mentioned her life after the game and how reclusive she was. Ron, she couldn't have made much money. Yeah, you know, I always wondered about that. Um, uh, uh, you know, I, I 
was fortunate to get to know uh, uh, several of the founders uh, um, late in their lives, uh, Marilyn Smith, Louise Suggs, Shirley Spork, and uh, um, uh, what Louise Suggs liked to tell players, she'd show up at an LPGA tournament, somebody'd win, and she'd say to the woman who just won, you won more money today than I won in my entire career, and I won 57 times, you know, and, and that was that was the case. You're talking about back when she played, you know, total purses for the year were, were barely six figures, you know, so, so and there were equipment companies were more probably more generous with player endorsement deals for women back then than they are now, uh, right after World War II. And it was one of the ways the LPGA got founded. A lot of the equipment companies realized that women was a potential growth market. They'd sign up women uh, players like um, like like Patty Berg and Louise Suggs and Marilyn Smith and, and, and then later Mickey Wright. And uh, they'd send them to country clubs to do clinics to, to, to try to uh, promote the game of golf. Uh, so she had she had an equipment deal. But you know that that couldn't have been worth very much either. So uh, uh, no, she did not get rich from this game. And and to your point, she never, you know, for fifty years of her life, she didn't capitalize on being Mickey Wright. No, and and she, and she could have, you know, she she could she could have emerged as as um, um, uh, an elder statesman in the game, and and uh, you know, I, and I know that that the USGA, I know the LPGA, a lot of organizations reached out to her. I know that you know, as my past president of the Golf Writers Association of America, and and we reached out to her, and and she just. Um, um, it just it just wasn't in her. She just she just needed that she needed that space. And, and I do think that you know we've heard the story of, of how Bob Jones would get physically sick mm-hmm. from from the tension of competition, and you, and you get the feeling that her relationship emotionally with the game was probably very similar to Mr. Jones that way. Well, it's the reason I wanted to pick up the phone and talk to you because I just. She's been away from the game for so long. I wanted people to at least begin to hear her story and maybe maybe follow up more and see more and read more about her. Ron, I can't thank you enough for doing this. Thank you so very much. John, thanks for having me on. Always a pleasure to talk about Mickey.